Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGalliard and I have alongside me my co-host and friend Parker Fleming. Parker, how are you this evening? You know, I'm uh, I'm doing well. Eternity begins anew each day and there's a new TCU game this week and uh, we can forget the past and focus on the future. As Towns Van Zant once said, where you've been is good and gone. All you keep is the getting there. I, I don't was know if gonna, that applies, but I like it. Um, yeah, I was going to quote something way more emo, but I'll leave the Jack's mannequin aside for uh, for tonight. Oh. Um, I am, Grant, I will say as we're talking about how we're doing and, and lingering on this, uh, I'm living the Fort Worth life, man. I like it. I'm able to, you know, walk to coffee shops and run into people I know and... It's been pretty great. Went to HG Supply, the best uh, the best happy hour in Fort Worth uh, earlier this week, and so got you know just got to do some fun stuff. That's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, for every time I like come back and visit Fort Worth, I'm amazed by how much I didn't experience when I was in college. Like, well, there's so much the new stuff too. There is, but here's the key yeah. factor: in college, I didn't have any money. And currently, I don't have any money, but my wife has money. And so we get to do right. cool stuff now, which is just – that will change your perception of a city real quick when it goes from maybe I can afford a beer at this bar to, ah, eh, we'll just get whatever. That that takes your yeah. uh, that takes your blues away. Honey, can we please go out to eat on Magnolia this week? All right, get my purse. Let's go. Uh, yeah, it no, I know. And like I wasn't 21 in college until my final semester, so I didn't really go anywhere. And, and not that – I mean – even like like good food, I didn't appreciate that when I was in college. There's so much good stuff in Magnolia. I, I you know we should stop talking about TCU football and just talk about the cool things to do in Fort Worth, and it might be a more enjoyable podcast. Honestly, how good are those? This is what we did this weekend. How good are those damn donuts at Lily's, man? Yeah, uh, they're yeah. just gosh. That's something that college undergrad Parker just couldn't even fathom. You know, C.S. Lewis talks about um, we're too easily uh, we're too easily entertained. We want to make mud pies. In the in the in the dirt when we really we could go vacation at the sea and that's that's the real thing right here is like man we could go vacation at the sea and have the donuts at Lily's we just didn't know about it in college I know I know it's uh it's 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 a real shame but that's why that's why visiting is a lot of fun um, can I point out that uh, Grant people yeah. are gonna think did did Parker and Grant just sit across from each other at a two person table and eat donuts at Lily's. Uh, this weekend, and I'm going to say yes. That's that's what we did. It was romantic. It was intimate. We made eye contact. It was it was great. It was a great weekend. <laughs> Parker and I did take the dog out for a walk and go get coffee at Avoca. <laughs> we did. Grand I kind of did like the college walk of shame. Like we were both in like sweats and big t-shirts and took the dog. Yeah, out. yeah. I had a, I had a long sleeve t-shirt and gym shorts, and we walked the dog. It was it was great. Um, Parker, I think we have to talk about TCU playing Texas Tech this weekend. As much as I would like not to. Follow-up question. Do we have to? No, we don't have, we don't have to do anything. That's um, true. That's true. But, I mean, nothing matters. But uh, that noise you hear, I will take out of the podcast. Is, so, could I, okay, one more thing before we talk about Texas Tech. One funny thing my dog does is that he has a bone. And he doesn't realize that if he puts his weight on the bone, it will slide on the wood floor. So he's trying <laughs> to grab the bone with his mouth, and but he's just pushing it like a broom across the floor. Anyway, that's the noise you hear in the background. Um, Texas Tech is Texas Tech good? Because they're four. I don't think they're good to be clear, but they're four and one, and they have a better record in the Big Twelve than TCU does. So, well, that's a low bar, um, but. Uh, Generally, I don't. I don't think they're good. I think they're experienced on defense and along the offensive line. I think they have one of the best playmakers in the conference at wide receiver. They have a stable of running backs. But Grant, at this point, what what, what college, what Big Twelve football team doesn't have a stable of running backs? Um, and before this weekend, they had a a you know a high ceiling quarterback, and now they just have a guy. At quarterback, so I, I I think they're 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 not great, but they're competent. But Grant, as we always say, there's something there's something to be said for competence. There's a lot to be said for competence. I, I will say this: I'm not a Henry Columbia truther, but I think he can be competent. If Tyler Shuck's ceiling was good to very good, I think Columbia's ceiling may be competent to fair, and that's. Fine. 
Yeah, I, I grew so so Grant. I grew up a uh, and and uh, with a family of you know Arkansas rednecks, right? And and so the, these phrases get passed down. And one of the phrases that gets passed down is someone says, "How are you?" And you say, "Fair to Midland," which is you know a reference okay. to cotton, right? Like "Fair to Midland," Henry Clubby, yep. "Fair to Midland," he's fine. Yep. Yeah, M- my dad worked for the Navy, and as he would say, it's good enough for government work. Exactly. He's same fine. same vibe. Yeah, it, it'll pass. Yeah, same vibe. Um, we we talked in the preseason, Parker, and I I, I pulled up my notes about this uh, to uh, to kind of set the stage for where we thought Tech was going to be entering this season. Um, and I think you and I both, and I think a lot of people in the in the college football Twitterati or whatever, had this as a make or break year for Matt Wells and, and his administration at Texas Tech especially with how successful the university's been in, in baseball and basketball. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a large part of Texas Tech fans, a large contingent that are not unhappy with being 4-1, but are like, look, man, we thought we were going to be able to make a regime change after this year, and now he might win enough to keep his job. Um, depending on how the rest of the schedule shakes out, it might just kind of be pro- – it's almost like a Clay Helton situation at USC, albeit with a shorter tenure, but um, he, he might have done enough early. Okay, here's the question though, right? Like Clay Helton, USC, LA, you can get whoever you want out there. Like better futures sure. are on the horizon. Here's what I'm going to ask you could Texas get Urban Tech Meyer. folk. Well, <laughs> um, we'll talk about why Urban Meyer is trying to get fired on a different podcast episode. But um, Texas Tech's a really hard job, man. And it's specifically really hard. Shout out, Shehan and I have talked about uh, a lot about this, but the emergence of TCU and Baylor as recruiting powerhouses, plus the entry into the Texas market of of non-Texas schools, has really squeezed Texas Tech's lane in recruiting. And it's just really a hard job because you have to convince kids to drive past other Big 12 schools. Uh, to, to, to come out to the middle of gosh dang nowhere and play at a school that hasn't won consistently in years. I mean, yeah, I don't want to, I don't know enough about the NFL to make a referendum on this, but Cliff Kingsbury hasn't gotten fired yet at the NFL. Right. <laughs> and recruiting and developing talent good. is a, it's a different job than, than calling plays for sure. But the yeah. fact that Cliff Kingsbury couldn't do much just speaks to how hard that job is at Texas Tech. Yeah, it's extremely hard. Um, I, I, there's, I, I want to linger on that for a minute, but you kind of made a good point that jarred something I wanted to say during this podcast, which is like Lubbock being the place that it is. And I, I like a lot of Texas Tech people. Shout out Hunter Cook. Shout out my cousin Will, all that. Uh, but like playing in Lubbock as a road team, is, do you ever have this, like, I kind of had one of those days today. You ever have one of those days where, like, nothing major goes wrong, but a series of, like, God, that's frustrating. Like, things happen to you constantly. So like you wake up and, like, your, your car bings that your tire pressure's low. You, you come home, like, your dog pees the floor. You know, uh, your boss sends you an annoying email at work, whatever. My boss didn't do that today, but, you know. That's I was going to say, Grant, how is your day today? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not me. I'm just saying, like. It's not my boss didn't do that today, but like that's what playing a Lubbock is. It's like God, we gotta go to the middle of freaking nowhere. Like tumbleweeds are pummeling our bus. People are throwing crap at us. We look like we're playing on the moon. It's either a hundred degrees or it's night, and the wind is blowing thirty miles an hour. And oh crap, now we gotta play a team that does a bunch of weird stuff. That's what being an outsider is like in Lubbock. Imagine having to live that every single day. That's a hard job for a coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. What's weird, Grant, TCU, since they joined the Big 12, is uh, doing this in real time. 0-2, and 2-3, 3-3, 3-4, 4-4, 5-4. They're 5-4 and uh, in nine meetings against Texas Tech. Their most recent losses, three of their four losses, have been in Fort Worth. Like, it's not even like yeah. Lubbock is like this weird thing that TCU can't go no, beat. Right. It's like, I don't even know. We'll talk about this, I guess. But... TCU's only lost in Lubbock one time since they joined the Big Twelve. That's four. That's four meetings. So, so they're they're three and one in Lubbock. That was the uh, Fox game, if I remember correctly. 
uh, like 14 to 7 in the most weirdly refereed game of all time, 2013, my freshman year. Yeah, I got to say, I don't remember a ton of the fall of 2013. I can't really comment on that. But um, one, I'll say, make sure you have friends around you who can tell you when you have a problem. Two, uh, that game, I think, was like TCU, Texas Tech was wearing gray. TCU was wearing gray. There was a turnover. I remember distinctly watching it. I don't remember the Fox is all I'm saying. Oh, how do you not remember? There was a fox running around the field the entire time. The announcers kept showing it. It was a copping through the stands and running through the field. I'm telling you, social support networks are very important. Right. Okay, my bad. But but that's that's all anyone remembers in that game because the actual play was so abhorrent that people try to block it out of their minds. Um, Yeah, 2013, that was 20 to 10 Texas Tech, and it sucked. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it sucked big time. Um, Yeah, so those games are always weird. I mean, TCU is a better record against Texas than they do against Texas Tech in the Big Twelve. That doesn't make because any they sense. okay. Like, all right, so so are we doing this? Are you are we doing this? I know that they circle Texas on the calendar and then they over. I understand, but have you ever seen it, the movie it, The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke? <laughs> no, is that doesn't Ryan Bingham have a song on that? Okay, he are, does. Are the wrestler but also, and crazy. No, 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 crazy. No, Crazy Heart's a different movie. Crazy Heart, Jeff Bridges. Oh, okay, never mind. I thought it was same, the same vibe, same vibe. Okay. Um, the okay. the Ryan Bingham song you're thinking of is the "This Ain't No Place for the Weary Kind." Yes, yes. Good, different message. Okay. The wrestler features a a, a song by Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you, as a former member of the media, are very familiar with Bruce Springsteen. Yes, as a He's sports one of your inspirations. He speaks <laughs> I, I to your heart. That's that's actually your personality is that you like Bruce Springsteen and you're a sports writer. Um, I like Bruce Springsteen and I complain at uh, I complain at airlines on Twitter, and those are the two uh, personalities that I have. Yeah. So it, the wrestler is uh, just an incredible movie. It's it's super dark. It's it's dark. Um. Bruce Springsteen has a song in that movie. It's an original. And the opening line says, have you ever seen a one trick pony in the field? So happy and free. If you've ever seen a one trick pony, then you've seen me. Have you ever seen a one legged dog making his way down the street? If you've ever seen a one legged dog, then you've seen me. Then you've seen me. I come and stand at every door. Then you've seen me. I always leave with less than I had before. Then you've seen me. Bet I can make you smile when the blood hits the floor. Tell me, friend, can you ask for anything more? Tell me, friend, can you ask for anything more? We're getting dark on the Purple Theory podcast. This has been the Purple Theory. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a one-legged dog. Um it should be a okay. three-legged dog, but I, it's like it's like a dog minus one. But one it, trick pony, it's the one-trick one pony. Yeah, I understand. Also, yeah, Bruce Springsteen has his flaws in songwriting. So I'm I'm okay with admitting that. Anyway, yeah. What's your point? Here? My frustration here is that <laughs> TCU TCU's big big trick up their sleeve, and I'm I'm trying to speak generally, not specifically. Is if everything goes wrong, they can still beat Texas. But then the TC the the 2018 17-14 lost to Jet GD MFN BS and Duffy yeah. happens right like what yeah, are we doing it's, here? It's, it's not great. Uh, it's not it's not great. And then beating them in the wind with Sean Robinson happens. You know it. it, it you know or uh, no, no no Sean Robinson you know, was 2018. It was 2017. I promise you it was. I was in Granberry. Oh, because he got apartment. hurt. Yes, and yes, yes, yeah, yeah, Kenny yeah. Hill was out that game. Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But uh but yeah, just just random crap. I mean it, it, That's how I would describe know. TCU versus Texas Tech. It's random crap. Random every year. Crap. Yes. 82 to 20. You know, we meme that into some submission. It was very fun. I was there. That was against Patrick Mahomes. The next year against Patrick Mahomes, we I mean it was a like a a, a rock fest, a rock fest. Fifty-five, fifty-two. TCU needed the the craziest play in the entire world, where Texas Tech said, "We're going to commit a crime on Josh Doxson so he doesn't hit, so he doesn't catch this ball." I, and Aaron Green was like, "Look at me, I'm here in the right place." Yeah. I, can I tell you? I think we talked about this on the podcast before. Aaron Green was open from the moment the ball left the center's hand. Yeah, he, it should it, not it, have it, been like, thrown. No, like, and I get like Doxson's great, and that should be the, the guy you're going to. If Boykin would have just looked to his left slightly and be like, "Oh, Aaron Green is there's no one within five yards of him." Um, okay, to be to be fair, this speaks to I don't know. D- 
take us somewhere after this. But this speaks to the entire problem with TCU right now. Is like literally on a podcast, Run the Power. Shout out to Brady Wallace and the boys. Like love Run the Power. They interviewed Doug Meacham, and Meacham was like, Trevon Boykin would do stuff, and we would throw up our hands and say, "Oh shit!" And then it would be a touchdown. Like TCU's offense from 2014 to 2015, like the best years. The offensive coordinators were like, we don't know. It's just happening. Like, well, it's, it's just happening to us. Okay, I'll take us somewhere, but I want to comment on that. Because that's fine if you have a player, Travon's yes. a bad guy. But, but if, if you your have quarterback Trevon development Lincoln, pipeline is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If, if you catch lightning in a bottle, use it. To quote and you have three NFL linemen that you just discovered. Right. You didn't, like, make them. And, and you're a, just like, oh, this, wide this receiver, is that is a Yeah. A wide receiver that's a Blitnikoff finalist, you know, whatever. And yeah. A defense that is very mean. You just say, hey, go do whatever you're doing. Uh, Kevin Sumlin kept this job. Cliff Kingsbury got the tech job because he, he had that. Yeah. At, at A&M with Manziel. And, I mean, sometimes you just kind of got to let talent be talent if talent can do that. Yeah. And we just haven't found it. Um, but let's talk about Texas Tech. Parker, if they we are 4-1. If we have to, they're four and one. They come into this game after beating West Virginia, twenty three to twenty, in a game that was extremely weird. And they well, got a game that they Texas. So, no, so that, that's important to point out as we're as we're talking about. Um, I'm googling. I'm sorry. I'm vamping. But like as we're talking about their 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 win over West uh, Texas uh, West Virginia, we have to look at the play by play there. This is super weird because basically what happens is. They throw an interception. West Virginia punts. They drive 58 yards because they they, they only punt to the 42-yard line. Like, West yeah. Virginia totally botches special teams. And then West Virginia fumbles on their own 40. Texas Tech scores a 34-yard touchdown. So 14 of Texas Tech's 23 points in a 23-20 win came on fields of uh, 58 and, and, and 34 yards. Like West Virginia dug a super big hole and then beat their ass, but you can't ignore the, 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 the hole that they dug the first two, the first two drives. Yeah. And that might lead us to a, a referendum on Neil Brown in a couple weeks, but, um, we'll, we'll get to that. How dare you um, look, man, I was on the bet us podcast earlier. They're trying to talk shit about Jared Dagey. Now you're trying to talk shit about Neil Brown. I'm attacked from all angles. You, 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 no man is an island, but you're close. Um, they, they got boat raced by te- by Texas, seventy to thirty five. By the way, I realized as right after I posted this podcast, last week's podcast is oh, go ahead, sorry. I realized after I posted last week's podcast that within the first minute of Sunday's pod, I called it the TCU Texas Tech game that we had <laughs> attended and watched in person, and I tried to edit it out. I was, I was in audacity trying to edit it out. I'm like, I'm just going to leave it. It's too hard. Um, they, they beat FIU. Who cares? They struggled against Stephen F. Austin. And they beat Houston, which is looking like a better and better win the more happens. Well, Butch, but again, Butch Davis announced his retirement after the FIU beating. So, I mean, right. congrats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Made his ass quit. Uh, but all those things are with Tyler Shuck. With the exception of last week against West Virginia, which was a Hendon Columbia game. But um, Parker, what... What are the, the base principles that we should look at? First principles, excuse me, and get the terminology right when we talk about Texas Tech. Texas Tech, uh, and not accounting for opponent adjustments, they're 25th okay. in the EPA margin at 0.88 or 0.088. And so that means on average, offense minus defense, they are, they are a net positive. On offense, they're 16th, 0.18. Uh, per play, which means every time they run a play, they're increasing their expected value by by 0.18 of a point, 18% of a point. On defense, they're 70th, 0.049. Um, the, overall, a team that really, really suffers uh, from explosiveness issues, and, and especially in the past. So, Grant, when we talk about stats, right? We had you know EPA is like kind of this weighted success rate. And so if you compare that just to success rate, then you get a measure of like, hey, are you just giving up big plays? So in the past, they're they're allowing 49.5% success rate in the past, but and that is 10th in the nation. Like, uh, no, excuse me, defense. Whatever, leave it in. I screwed that up. Uh, 
Defensive success rate, 64th in the pass, 40.2%. In uh, in EPA per pass, they're allowing 0.007, negative 0.007, which is 48th in the nation. So the success rate is is, is good. The, the EPA is worse. And so what that means is, uh, they're 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 susceptible to big plays there, and then in the rush again we see they're 87th against the rush in defensive success rate, but they are 93rd in EPA per rush. So they're really susceptible to the big rush, um, and kind of big plays there. Grant, that's really good news if you have someone like Zach Evans who can you know bust off big runs. Right, but that assumes that you trust them to do that more than I don't know 15 times in a game per se. Um, but that, okay, but that also, Grant, assumes that the running back doesn't have to block and pass pro for 30. You know, <laughs> it's like the difference between, you know, you're going to talk about Bijan and, and Zach. One, Bijan Robinson has almost three yards before contact every every play. And Zach, Zach Evans has only 1.9. But also, Bijan Robinson's not sitting back and pass pro because they can't block. Like, Zach Evans also yeah. had to block on like 15 or 20 steps in addition to getting hit almost at the line of scrimmage every time. Just ridiculous. Yeah, and Zach Evans still finished with a higher yards per carry than Bijan did in that game, uh, albeit only on 15 carries. Um, yeah, so I, I think the big story for, for Texas Tech this year, after we've gone through first principles there, is shuck to Columbia, right? I, I, I should have looked this up beforehand. Parker, do you know offhand how long shuck will be out? I heard in, uh, maybe two weeks. Okay, but it'll be it'll be Columbia this Saturday, and so Columbia, yes, hundred uh, percent. No, not definitely not yeah. against CCU. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Columbia has been, as I said uh, uh, at the top, competent. Um, they're trusting him to throw downfield, which which I like. Um, he's thrown you know, three touchdowns against one interception, but that's one interception on fifty-eight attempts. Uh, he's completing passes at a seventy-point-seven percent rate. Uh, Parker, his average depth of target is 11.4 yards. And again, this was against Texas in a game where, I don't know, I think a lot of that might have been garbage time. You probably know that better than I do. But also against West Virginia, all, which we thought would have a pretty stout defense. Go ahead. All of it was garbage time. I, and he right, really I know. Didn't, I know. Okay. I know. I'm just saying. I, I'm just Grant, I'm just reading you what I, I hate see. owning you. <laughs> Kalen Geiger I'm not owned. and passed in a third interception. Owned. <laughs> um the the touchdown the touchdown drive that they had that was 58 yards uh Columbia completed three passes four passes for like 40 yards uh a lot of that's yards after catch so i'm 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 doing this kind of on the, well, on the his eight dots 11.4 yeah it's not, it's not like all yards after catch Okay, but if you throw like if you throw like thirty passes, fifty yards down the field, and then like one behind the line of scrimmage, like that, that the average is a little confusing there. Okay, I don't think you did your math right there, but I wasn't the, the economics I, major, so whatever. I've never uh, done math right. That's why I'm an economics major. <laughs> I my my Henry Columbia takes are your Jarrett Dagey takes, and that I think he's better than he actually is, but. Uh, I'm Columbia's so mad about thing. that. I want to end this podcast right now and never talk to you again because you just compared <laughs> my, my. Columbia to Jared Tagey. Favorably. I feel like that guy. Do you know the Do you know the Leave Britney Alone guy? I do. Yeah, Crocker. Who was be, right? With, I should say that's, who was a hundred percent right. There's a lot of cultural context there, but uh, but generally, I, that's how I feel about Jared Tagey. Henry Columbia is just like a dude. He's just like a little a little yeah, grungy a dude. He's gonna he's be fine. when we when, when we play. Remember that guy ten years from now. Henry Columbia is up there. He's already in my he, back pocket. A, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. You're bringing him out. Uh, okay, um, Grant. Here's here's a question: How many FBS teams would trade their starting quarterback for Henry Columbia? Oh man, um, there's a lot of bad teams. Thirty. Maybe I was gonna say I was gonna say like twenty, like UMass. Okay. UMass is like hell yeah. We yeah, God yeah. Nicholas. Are you kidding me? But generally, <laughs> generally most guys are like, yeah, we're gonna pass. That's gonna be okay. There's there's a lot of bad teams. 
There are. There are a lot of bad teams. Kansas would take him. Would an SEC team trade there? That's what I'm thinking of right now. Van- well, depending team- on how – does Vanderbilt think they can develop Ken Seals? How dare you? Ken Seals threw for 330 yards this week. Against uh- UConn, Parker. <laughs> I don't think I didn't know who they were playing. Uh, okay, <laughs> here's the deal. Columbia's one thing. The- how did we get to this as a podcast? I don't know. Could, Listen, wait, Could Henry Columbia to- take Vanderbilt to a bowl? <laughs> Henry Columbia is going to throw for like 500 yards against TC just for this podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Texas Tech Week, folks. The uh, the the question isn't this is necessarily this is Col- second semester senior year right here. That's what's happening. That's exactly what this is. Um, the question isn't about Columbia Parker. The question is about the people he's throwing to and who he has alongside him in the backfield. But Fair. we said before the podcast, this is just going to be Eric Ezekonma appreciation hour. Okay, can I can I can I poo poo him for a second and then let's talk? What about is wrong him with you? Awesome. You were the thief okay, of the joy. The only thing that's wrong with me is that Eric Izukama gets away with push offs more than anyone else that I have watched. Doesn't matter. They don't call it. Doesn't no, matter. If they don't call it, it's not a penalty. But like Houston, it's like a tie game, and Tyler Shuck almost gets tackled, and he just tosses one up, and <laughs> Eric Izukama goes two hands full extension, knocks the Houston player to the ground. And then catches the ball, and they don't throw a flag. Good. And it's like, okay, if he can do that every time, he will murder Trevious Hodges Tomlinson. Oh, like, yeah. murder him. Send him to his grave. Hopefully, hopefully we get a little more, you know, a little more enforcement than that. But generally, that that's worrisome if he can get away with it. It is. And I will say, too, his, I mean, he's, he's dropped three balls, but he's also, like, been targeted 35 times. Um, he is Texas Tech's main option at wide receiver. Um, Kalen Geiger is up there as well. Travis Kuntz is tied in. But it's it's Ezekama and Geiger are the three guys you got to worry about. Um, yeah, so one looking touchdown, at targets, crazy, but yeah. they have – he only has one touchdown, yes. But they, they really rely on him to kind of create space, and then they go to that Sonny Cumbie inside zone and screens offense when they're kind of in the red zone. Don't, don't uh, do that. Don't make me relive that, yeah. Geiger and Izukama have what thirty-five plus twenty-nine is fifty plus fourteen is is sixty-four. 64. Yeah, of of Texas Tech's one hundred and thirty-eight, so almost half are going to those two guys, um, which is what we kind of talked about. Like this this offseason, they they only have you know a couple options. They really are thin elsewhere, and and Geiger I think is questionable this week. Which is hmm. very important. So I'm, I'm looking back at some DMs. Shout out to uh, I want I want to out some folks, but some folks who have talked to me about this game from the Texas Tech standpoint. And uh, Matt Wells has a very Gary Pattersonian vibe in that he's not going to um, disclose things. But we we don't know if if Geiger is going to be um, healthy. Okay. He okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just realized we were talking about the wide receivers, but I just stumbled upon something here that, that fascinates me. Can we talk about the running backs for a minute? Uh, I love the Texas Tech running backs. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so before the season, right, Gary was talking about how, you know, TC kind of wants to spread the ball out amongst its running backs with between Miller and Evans and DeMarcado and all that and blah, 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 blah. Texas Tech actually does that. Um, whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know, but Taj Brooks has 36 carries, Sir Roger Thompson has 33, Xavier White has 29, but Parker, Brooks should have more carries. He's averaging 8.2 yards per attempt. Sir Roger Thompson is averaging 3.6 yards per attempt. Did not see that coming before the start of the year. I wonder if that's not selection, because Sir Roger Thompson's a little bit bigger, and I wonder if they're not going um, sure. for like third downs. So if I look at, but if I look at uh, EPA per play, for instance, Taj Brook second in the in the Big Twelve in EPA per play at zero point three five three, only behind Abram Smith uh, from Baylor. And granted, Abram Smith has played a lot worse competition. Uh, in terms of total EPA, Brooks is fourth, and I think Thompson uh, is is eleventh. Yeah, he's eleventh, and so it, it's kind of a usage situation there. there sure, with both of them. They're, no, I they're, they're both it, very good, I would say. 
I would think so, but even if they are using Thompson in short yardage situations, I mean, Brooks has 11 first downs gained, and Thompson has 10. Uh, yeah. Even if he is their short yardage back, I mean, Brooks is still chopping when he gets the ball. Absolutely. I think I think Taj um, Brooks is absolutely underrated. I'll go I'll go on the record as saying that. Yeah, I do too. And also, you know what? I, this is an old man take. I like running backs that wear like numbers in the high twenties. Taj Brooks wears twenty eight. That is a running back number. That that's I'm someone who knows that. who he is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's yes. he's not here for anybody else. No, no, no. He's he's here to tote the rock. Um, can I can I tell you what? I'm, if I were a tech fan, what a horrifying sentence that is. The offensive line's not good. It's not good at all. Okay, we, so we have to talk about that. So let's let me one let me let me drop some stats in here. Please do. EPA per rush, ninetieth in the nation, negative zero point zero three five. They're eighty first in in rushing success rate. That's because they have Sonny Cumbie as their offensive coordinator, who rushes way too damn much. Um, shout out to the uh, to the tweet. Uh, <laughs> That said, uh, against Texas, that said Sonny Cumbie should have handed the ball off more in earnest. There were Texas Tech fans who said Sonny Cumbie didn't run the ball enough. Um, that I, that, I, I want to hop in on that and just say that is the most, like, buddy, just just wait, man. Just, just yeah, calm so, down. So, so the only reason I take joy in that is there was some pushback by a certain, uh, I'll say, segment of the internet this offseason from Texas Tech that was like, we're going to be amazing uh, because Gary Patterson limited Sonny Cumbie. And I, I, Grant, I don't know everything about football, right? Like, I'm not the smartest person that watches football. I don't know about offense. I, I, sure. You know, I think it's pretty easy to be like, yeah, man, <laughs> Sonny Cumbie does not do a good job of putting plays together in a way to maximize the talent on his roster. Um, and so the fact that they're saying Sonny Cumbie doesn't run enough is like hilarious to me because clearly they were just like, this is a, this is a Texas Tech grad who <laughs> we want to get behind yeah, because we I mean, want to believe. I'm trying to think of like the musical analogy for this, but like, I, like, that's like saying like Diana Ross was holding back the Supremes. It's like, man, yeah. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's what it was. Like, I think maybe, like, anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, so the, but you were, we were saying the offensive line is very okay, bad, so including it. I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. The re- And so they're throwing screens on, you know, last week they threw screens on, on 10.4% of drives, but that was, um, you know, the, the Henry Columbia had sixty drop, sixty-seven dropbacks for passes against yeah. uh, against West Virginia, which is just absurd. What they want to do is kind of isolate these horizontal lanes and then let Izukama go deep and, and find him. Last week they didn't have Izukama, and so they kind of went intermediate. His average depth of target was eleven point four, uh, mostly because they they were working on these intermediate passing concepts, which seems crazy to me because. Sonny Cumbie and uh, intermediate passing concepts is antithetical almost. Yes. Um, yeah. The, the good news is that uh, Henry Columbia uh, against West Virginia, a defense I think is worse than uh, or is better than TCU's, uh, but in the passing game might be a little worse. 50% on passes zero to nine yards downfield, 22%. Uh, excuse me, I'm reading that totally wrong. 89% on passes 0 to 9, 69.2% on passes 10 to nice. 19, and only 66.7 on, on, on 20 plus. And so their timing there is like, hey, if we can, you know, we can heave a prayer and get it, that's great. Otherwise, we're going to take these shorter drives, shorter passes. And so I, I I want Henry Columbia to beat me throwing the ball. Last year, Henry Columbia almost beat TCU running the ball. Like he had a couple moments. Yeah, that was that was if, dark. If Matt um, Wells had not kicked, I can't believe we haven't mentioned this yet. If Matt Wells oh, had the not field kicked goal. the stupidest field goal in the history <laughs> of field goals, Texas Tech might have probably had a shot to beat TCU. Yeah, last year. I had for yeah that field like that will go down in in infamy. Um, but, so Parker, how many times do I say this? 
a season, at least three probably. I think I've said it twice this year already. If TCU's pass rush is going to succeed, it's going to start succeeding, it'll be this game. With that said, if TCU's pass rush is going to start succeeding, it might be this game because they're going to have ample opportunities to get to the quarterback, right? As we said, Columbia drops back a lot. The offensive line is not good. I'm going to read you some stats here. They're starting Please. five offensive linemen. Four of them have allowed at least one sack. The only one that hasn't is their center, Dawson Deaton, who's probably the best lineman on the roster. Um, they've he's, allowed he's at least the most experienced. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, they've uh, Deaton's uh, committed one penalty. Wright at guard, Berger at guard, and Rogers at, guard, at tackle have committed at least two penalties. And our old friend TJ Stormont has committed five penalties so far this year, which. Listen, I'm not someone to bury a kid for leaving a program like go do you, do whatever you got to do. Like I transfer, I don't care. Um, well, we saw that I, last can year. Can I jump in there? I'm sorry. And so, there yeah, there was ahead. a time in my life where I cared about privileging this information. TJ Stormont has a has a pretty decent NFL opportunity in front of him. And he uh, they got easy as a transfer and they asked him to move to right tackle. And he asked for insurance to say like, hey, if I got hurt and can't go to the NFL because I'm playing a position different than mine, I want you guys to cover it. And TCU said no, and that's why he transferred. Um, and so it wasn't like a, hey, I don't like this program, whatever. It was just like a business. I like respect the hell out of TJ Stormont for the, for, the, yeah. for transferring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To say like, okay, I'm not- I, I made a business decision I, I yeah, and TCU said no, so – I'm not. I'm not mad at him for transferring. I'm going to say something mean. Uh, I don't think he's up to billing. Um, no, but uh, sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so I don't think the line can block. Um, do we have anything else to say about the Texas Tech offense? Yeah. So they're um, they're 38th in quality possession rate. They're they're scoring 4.95 points per quality possession. They've been okay at field position. They're 47th. They're averaging a start of 29.6 yard line. TCU is 95th on defense, and so that's something to look out for. Again, TCU needs to make people drive down the the length of the field and not commit penalties. Um, One thing to look for, early downs EPA. This is really where SMU kind of got TCU. Not as much Texas, but but SMU and a little bit Cal. They're going to take shots early. They know... TCU's weaknesses are known on defense, right? And Texas Tech's going to be like, hey, man, we can clean this up. Texas Tech is 16th on early downs EPA. TCU is 112th on early downs EPA defense. And so that that's going to really determine it. Yeah. Is like if TCU can just deny a first or second down and make them go to third down, I think that's going to kind of define the game. But if Texas Tech's like, man, we're just going to chuck it and then clean up with the running game – uh, TCU could hurt a little bit. Yeah, not great. Um, let's let's switch sides of the ball here and talk about the defense. Um, Quit making me talk about the TCU defense, Grant. No, no, I'm talking about the Texas Tech defense. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't want to talk about the TCU. God, no. Why, why would we do that? Um, interesting unit. I don't think there's a lot of standout guys. I mean, you point at... Um, Oh, gosh. Uh, DeMarcus Fields, obviously at corner, he's probably their standout defender. Rico Jeffers at linebacker is, is a name. He's, he, Rico Jeffers is the definition of a guy who does a, who is doing a lot. Whether that's good or bad, yeah. he is doing a lot. He is, he well, is certainly a football to, player. We talked about this kind of in coming into the season, that the transfer of Colin Schuler. And yeah. gives them kind of these three linebackers who are really talented, right? You have Schuler and Jeffers yeah. and Krishan Merriweather at your linebacking yeah. core. The problem is that they really don't have anyone around them. Um, and so, again, that's Fields has been good. But mm-hmm. generally, uh, I, I think that's an issue for TCU. One, because they're going to work on running in the intermediate game. And so if your strength is linebacker, that kind of combats both of those. But I think there are opportunities yep. to take advantage of this defense um, uh, just because they have a, a, an above-average linebacker core and then kind of average guys everywhere else. Yeah, I mean, it, Tech's one of those weird teams, too, where I mean, you, you look at the, the base stats and their leading sack guys is a, 
defensive tackle, Jalen Hutchings. He has three. But, but then you look at, at pressures. Um, Tyree Wilson on the edge has, has 10 hurries, 10, uh, 14 total pressures. Schooler has 13 total, um, total pressures. He's got eight hurries. Jeffers gets to the quarterback. Um, so does Brandon uh, – Brandon – I've got to mispronounce it. Booyer Randall? Boyer Randall? Who could possibly say? Uh, comes in at, comes in at linebacker and will rush the quarterback as well. So there's there's a lot of talent at linebacker and rushing the quarterback. And then otherwise, Parker, they don't necessarily defend the run all that well. It's easy to see why Texas, for example, was able to score on them. Yeah, and and, and uh, I think that's funny. Um, our, our our friend Ish Johnson from Dave Campbell's uh, Texas yes. football. I'm spoiling a little bit. He he responded to our, our preview. Uh, and I, I said, give me your predictions. We'll talk about everybody else's in a minute. And he just said, Zach Evans is going to get 30 carries. It's just a giant FU from Gary Patterson. And honestly, that might be the optimal strategy this weekend. G- Gary, I'm begging you not to. Gary, please prove your point by running Zach Evans. Yeah. I'm begging you to. Please, please own me by running Zach Evans 30 times against Texas Tech. I'm daring shoot you him, to do it. Shoot him while he got him, Gary. That's all I got to say. I Listen, I'm perfectly fine with that. He he would absolutely carve up Texas Tech, especially because they don't tackle particularly well. That's like an endemic problem in their um, in their defense. And uh, I don't know. There's avenues for, for exploitation. I mean, Fields is good at corner, but, you know, Rashad Williams plays the other corner, and he's, he's hit or miss. Uh, their safeties what? don't necessarily have any standouts. That's safety. I mean, I'm glad you said fine, that. But, between between yeah. Pearson and Taylor Dimerson, they have 20 missed tackles. Which, yeah. if Zach Evans gets to the second level, those are the guys who are going to have to tackle him. I think I, I I tweeted this the other day. I have to look at this. I think that Taylor Dimerson is also the second most targeted Big 12 defensive back behind C.J. Caesar. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to say that. No, he's not, he's not good. And so he might be someone to, to look again, Grant, if I were, you know, if I were asked about the TCU offense and what they should do, what I would do is I would, I would run a play. I, this might be a novel concept. I don't know. This is pretty radical. I would run a play where either I could give Zach Evans the ball or throw Quentin Johnston the ball based on what one defender did. Hmm. Okay. It's, I'm going to write it up later. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it's novel well, concept. So, but, but if I was going to, if I was able to, to, to say, Hey, we have even numbers everywhere else. And then Daedron Taylor Demison, who has a 38.7 tackling grade is going to decide, do I want to try and tackle Zach Evans or do I want to mm-hmm. try and recover and tackle Quentin Johnston? That might be the offense I would run. No one's asking me. I'm just saying that's what I would right. Well, can I float something else at you? Please. So so, so let's say I'm looking here, right? And I'm looking at Texas Tech's three most played safeties, okay? Okay. Uh, they have uh, missed tackle percentages of 35%, 28.6%, and 13.3%. Now, let's say I, I design a play in this hypothetical world where my running quarterback can read a safety – and say, hey, either I'm going to hand it off to my running back or I'm going to run up the middle at the safety depending on how they line up. Maybe, I'm just saying, there's there's an avenue, there's got to be something. I don't know. I'll I'll play around with, you know, with with the diagrams, but there's got to be something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Dan Casey on the phone tonight. Maybe we can figure this out. Maybe no one's we'll thought on. of this before in the history of we'll college football. All you uh, have to do is be like, "Hey, your defense is not very good, but your linebackers are okay. Your linebackers are going to be entirely washed. We're going to make your safety decide what he wants to do. That's all on you every have single play. That's all you have play. to do. Grant, what if there was also where this bit is going on too long, but if you're listening to this podcast for 46 minutes, you're you're here. God bless you. What if there, what if there was a play where where your two really good inside receivers just uh-huh. ran really close, ran they they ran up a couple yards and they ran really close to each other and then they crossed each other. Maybe they gave okay. each other a high five on the way off. And sure. safeties had to decide which one is taking which. And then it's, you just threw almost, to the open one every time. Yeah. It's almost like they sort of mesh in the middle of the field a little. Like, like yes. Uh, me- mesh is a weird word. I don't know if it's going to stick. Okay. But okay. 
It's like they, they a, just, a confluence, maybe confluence. I like is what that. We'll call yeah, it. we can call it confluence. And then they again. See, this, this is what we're saying. Texas Tech is a defense that can be beaten with base principles on offense. My offensive philosophy is, is Herman Boone and, and remember the Titans, just like Novocaine. <laughs> Seven plays, give it time, and always works. <laughs> okay, what else like is you're, there? You're about clearly Texas? okay. TCU was clearly more talented than Texas Tech. In talent composite, TCU was like third of the Big 12. Texas Tech is six. Clearly, at every position, TCU is more talented than Texas Tech. Can they just do the things that they need to do to beat them? TCU should be able to walk into Lubbock and walk away with a a a, a 13-point victory. Right? Yeah. Yep. I guess that's going – I don't want to go to best case, worst case. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to drive you anywhere you're not driving me. But No, no, no. Let's do it. Let's do it because we're, we're, we're going to get to predictions and do some, some Big 12 and, and college football. Um, like – there, there's around, no so. reason TCU shouldn't say, hey, we, we're we more talented than you at every every position. We've had your offensive coordinator here for the last six years. We know what he's going to do. We, if Gary Patterson is a defensive mind. He can foil Sonny Cumbie, especially he having Sonny Cumbie in practice every day. He foiled Sonny Cumbie in practice every day for the last <laughs> That's exactly years. what I was going to say. He spent the entire six years trying to make Sonny Cumbie miserable. He might as well right. do it again on Saturday. I, and so there's no reason TCU shouldn't win by at least two scores just on just on that alone, right? What's your best case? My best case is that, well, okay, my dream best case is that TCU runs three down against Marcel Brooks to be an edge rusher, but that's 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 like a fantasy. That's that's not real. My best case scenario is that TCU goes ultra conservative on offense. And goes ultra conservative on defense and says, we are going to make you play first principles. We're going to punt it out of bounds. We're going to kick it out of the back of the field. There are no special teams involved in this game. There's no variance. I want Henry Columbia to have to throw non-screens and beat me. Right? Yep. Yep. If TCU does that, I can see 34-13 as TCU's very solid, very feel-good win. Yep. Complete no-nonsense. Just get out of Lubbock with a win. I, I thir- yep. we said thirty four thirteen. I'm I'm totally fine with that. I, I don't want to feel in doubt about this game from a TCU perspective past like the first quarter. Um, I'm thinking I'll, I'll I'll just for variance's sake I'll go a little bit higher scoring and I'll say because I do think Matt Wells will kick a dumb field goal. I'll call it thirty eight seventeen best case scenario. But but TCU is in control the entire time. Grant, before we get negative, let's uh let's hear what some let's hear what some of the viewers had to say. Let's hear what some of the listeners had to say. Um, I tweeted out again as I always do. Send me your TCU Texas Tech predictions so that Grant and I can uh, roast them on the podcast. Uh, Nick Picks says that Tech and TCU will swap quarterbacks at the half. Uh, and we'll just become the singularity with Texas Tech. I, I don't like that at all. Um, Garrett McClintock, friend of the podcast, says, Those who live in Lubbock will continue hating their life. I, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to not agree with that. Michael says, uh, Frogs 34, Tech 28 in a game with so many screens. I agree with that. Dawes says, TCU 35, Texas Tech 17. So Dawes believes that we, we've got our uh, close best-case scenario. Um, Great Davies Ghost. Shout-out to Great Davies Ghost. I don't know about the final score, but since Texas isn't involved, my prediction is there won't be any BS ejection calls. Uh, I love that energy Hoorah. so much. Um, let's see. Tech, uh, Cody says tech wins 31, 18 Kelly Ford, friend of the podcast, real smart guy. Go follow him on Twitter. K Ford ratings, 31, 30 TCU. And Freddie Willis says, I'm going to up that with 38, 31, a lot of one score games here. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know what? That, that is the temperature of the TCU football fan. At the moment. Yeah. It's like, hey, listen, we, th- if we get out there with a one score. Fine. I think we're going to win by one. Um, I'm, I'm kind of flipping the list. Okay, so so uh, we'll say Doug says 35-32 TCU, which be interesting because that means uh, one that, that, that Tech kicks field goals on two drives where TCU scores. Um, Grant, here's, here's one that kind of launches into worst case. What's the origin story of the saddle trophy? Scott Wildcat, our, our friend in Kansas City, asked that. 
Where did the saddle trophy come from? So the saddle trophy was like an old, uh, an old deal. It was kind of you know back when TCU and Texas Tech were in the same conference where TCU went to. Uh, you know, I don't know a ton about it except that, that it was it was lost, right? So yeah, so the saddle trophy was awarded from 1961 to 1970. I'm reading directly from Wikipedia. During this ten-year stretch, the school split the series five to five. The trophy was then lost, and the rivalry name disappeared until the moniker and the trophy were reintroduced in 2017. Like so 17, they were just like nine years. Here's this thing. Years, and Here's a new it. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, hey, let's renew this. Um, it existed for ten years. That someone lost it, and they're like, well, screw it, we'll bring it back. And I'm trying to remember 2017. That would have been that year we talked about with Sean Robinson and the wind uh, in Lubbock. Yeah, no, because uh, it, it was in hurt. Lubbock, and it was hilarious because it was like a bunch of TCU players who really didn't care about it. Yeah, care about. Yeah, I, I was writing for I was writing for Diehards at the time, and we had to like write about the saddle a lot because it was I don't know getting social hits or whatever. And I'm like, dude, I went to TCU, and I don't know. I didn't know my undergrad. I was at 2013, and there was. Two gentlemen who who were wearing Texas Tech stuff, and they came into the TCU. I guess this is fall of 2012. They came into the TCU student section, and they got a lot of they got a flack. and And I looked at some TCU fans and said, "You guys need to back off, like you're being idiots, whatever." And these morons pulled tortillas out of your out of their pockets, and I leaned up. And I was like, "You're on your you're on your own, idiots!" Like. Live your life. And they yeah, got, yeah, they yeah. Got, that, I can't do anything for you. I was like, look, point. man, I'm if you're being decent and trying to watch the game, that's fine. But so I don't care about this. Out, I I don't care about this out, trophy. I don't. I don't. No, I I don't care at all. Um, it's. Do you remember when UConn and UCF had the civil conflict trophies? <laughs> that's that's exactly what this saddle is to me. That's how much I like. I anyway. Um, the worst case, Parker, I'll, I'll go and Please, I'll say that, I, I mean, there to. is a world where TCU loses. No, I know. There is a world where TCU loses this game. And it's a world where Columbia is allowed to do what he wants. Um, the defense doesn't take advantage of the lax blocking up front in both the pass and the run. And TCU tries to get too cute on offense instead of taking care of those first principles. And this turns into 27-24 Texas Tech. I was going to say the worst case scenario is the West Virginia game. Let's say that uh, Texas Tech runs back a kick for a touchdown. TCU uh, botches a kick, the, the the ensuing kick return. They fumble and Texas Tech scores another touchdown. It's 14 to nothing with like 10 minutes left in the first quarter. And then TCU just can't dig out of that hole. That That's really... The worst case scenario, because that's what TCU needs to dig out and uh, avoid. And so that's yeah. that's what I'm you, most you worried s- about. You said something earlier that I think applies, which is I don't want to think about special teams during this game. No, no. I, special Unless teams Jordy should Sandy not stick in punt. my mind during this game. Yeah, absolutely. If no, it does, that's worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh, actual predictions? Um, I mean, I think we were... I'm weirdly confident. I don't know why. I think it's going to be close to our best case scenario. The more the more I look into Texas Tech, um, I'll actually go with your best case as my actual prediction, just because it's a little closer. But give me give me thirty one seventeen TCU. Yeah. So w- when I look at this and I look at like, let's look at the rosters and everything. So I, I want to put numbers on that. But like TCU's team talent composite right now is seven seven hundred and twelve. Texas Tech is 605, right? That's that's eighth in the Big 12, whereas TCU is third in the Big 12. TCU is more talented. Texas Tech should not be able to out-scheme TCU. God, I regret saying that out loud. But, like, Grant, it's Henry freaking Columbia. Like, what are we doing here? The, and, and so my yeah. projection is TCU should be able to score 30, and they should prevent Texas Tech from scoring 20. So... I'm going to go with 31, 31, 18, because I like a little spicy. Uh, Matt Wells love to, loves to kick field goals, man. 31, 18, he TCU. Does. Can I ask you something real quick? Mm-hmm. Your your numbers, your your advanced stats preview, not to give away the uh, the cow for free, had Tech 35, 34. Yeah, that's because... That's not opponent adjusted, I'm guessing. No, it is. It is. I just don't believe it. Oh, okay. Those numbers are just, hey, man, based on how they've played, and I just... I'm following my heart. Okay. Okay. 
let's let's take a whip around the Big Twelve real quick, Parker. Um, only three games this week: Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State are on buys. But outside of TCU, which is a one and a half point favorite going into Lubbock, wait, 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 Oklahoma hold on. and Texas is it oh, is it legal to take a buy during conference play? That seems like if that was legal, TCU would be doing it. Do you think TCU is a say in that? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. I. I blame I blame Bob Bowlesby. Um, Oklahoma is a three and a half point favorite at the Cotton Bowl in the Red River, whatever the heck rivalry shootout, whatever against Texas. The Red River murder of innocent uh, Native Americans. That's what we're calling it. Okay, uh, who do you have in this football game, Parker? I'm just saying if we can't say shootout. What are we saying here? Um, I have Oklahoma. I think that uh, the, the Oklahoma's offense, the expectation coming into the season was they were going to be world beaters, and they're just pretty okay, uh, pretty good. And so it seems like yeah. a bigger disappointment than it is. I think that Lincoln Riley hasn't unveiled the entire playbook, uh, and so I, I like Oklahoma to cover here. Yeah, I, I think TCU was almost able to beat Texas without knowing where – you know, the difference between his head and its butt on offense. And I think Lincoln Riley can scheme enough to beat Texas and its glaring weaknesses on defensive. I yeah. Take and, and, and Texas um, is riding high on beating up on some real bad competition. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so then the other game is West Virginia mm-hmm. Baylor, um, which West or Baylor's a three point favorite at home. Uh, ugly over under a 44.5. I like Baylor here. Yeah, weird weird situation where neither team trusts their quarterback. Um and so I I think that Baylor's defense is better than West Virginia's defense. And so I'm gonna give the edge to Baylor. Grant, I, I said this on the Bet US podcast today, but if I have two situations where I don't like the offense, but I do like the defense, I'm gonna lean every time towards the team that has the more explosive playmakers. And Baylor has great, I mean, Abram yep. Smith, Tristan Abner, RJ Snead, like uh, Tyquan Thornton, some really good skill players like we talked about this summer on Baylor's team. So even if they don't trust Bohannon, I, I like their ceiling. I like Baylor to cover here. I do too. Uh, I'm going to pick three games for you, Parker, because okay. I know you've been talking. Uh, can I, before you do that, gambling. can I just say subscribe and yes. subscribe? I don't even care if you watch. Subscribe to the BetUS College Football YouTube channel. Before I give yes, picks that here, is the official... I'm just saying go, go there first. Yes. Yeah. Yes, go there first. Um, Thursday night, Coastal Carolina is a 19 and a half point favorite at Arkansas State. Arkansas State is really bad at football. They are. Uh, just do it. Just, just. Do it. Just yeah, it's the line seems big. Just do it. Who cares? Um, Arkansas Ole Miss is going to be weird, but if you're going with the explosive offense, Parker, I think you got to take Ole Miss, even though they are favored by six. Yeah, the big thing for me was like last week against Alabama, Matt Corral was pressured on fifty percent of drives. I don't think Arkansas is going to do that <laughs> again. I think Matt Corral is going to be able to throw the ball. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I lied, we're going to do four games. Uh, Georgia is a 15.5-point favorite at Auburn. I don't think Auburn's going to win this game, but I do think the Auburn-Jesus magic is enough to at least cover the spread. No, I'm staying away. I'm not putting money either side because I agree. There's some weirdness, and and Bo Bo Nix is like (laughs) – it's not a long con. It's not a long con with Bo Nix because, like, there's no incentive, but – I just, it's, it's it's not a long con because it's never been a con. Right, there's doing. It's so very clearly been. There's this is, something happening there where it's like, man, George is going to get up by like 21 and just be like, we don't care, and Auburn's going to lose by like nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the the last game we'll do Iowa one and a half point favorite hosting Penn State. This is your game of the week three versus four. I I think I'm taking Iowa here, man. The over under is 41, which is just nasty. Um, I, I I don't see it with Penn State. I really don't. Uh, if Penn State can avoid turnovers and Iowa's crazy field position nonsense, they should win this game. Can they? I don't know. I don't have a pick on this. I'm not. I'm not advising anything here. My numbers truly. Has this, who can say? My, um, my number has this is like. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm not going to pull up the exact one. It's like Iowa 14.59 and Penn State 14.64. Like, I have no pick here. Yeah. Truly hideous Big 12 football. I love it. Um, Parker, anything else before we wrap up? I mean, we're just we're just living our lives. Um, I am very grateful for everyone who listens and subscribes and likes our thoughts. Please interact with us on Twitter. It's a weird TCU football season, Grant, and it's a lot more fun when there's a vision for the program to be like, let's talk about this. And honestly, I've enjoyed greatly the podcast becoming Grant and Parker just chat about things. Um, and hopefully everyone, yeah. everyone who's listening likes this too. <laughs> you got to understand we did a, we did a complete tone switch like two weeks ago. We were like, all right, like this is the year and we're going to write until like, well, <laughs> honestly, I, I talked Talks to, I talked to a really good friend of mine tonight and he was like, yeah, what happened after the SMU game? It feels like the podcast is different. And I was like, well, the SMU game. <laughs> <laughs> This is very different. With that said, Parker, this has been the Purple Theory Podcast. Uh, you can follow Parker on Twitter at Stats of War. I'm Grant. You can follow me on Twitter at Grant McGalliard. It's felt like it sounds with all those vowels. A, a very sincere thank you to everyone that continues to listen to this production of a show uh, and, and likes, rates, reviews. Again, interact. We, we enjoyed talking shop. Otherwise, we wouldn't still be doing this. Um, let's beat Tech on Saturday, Parker. Go Frogs. It would be real nice. Go Frogs.